Anywho, my basic point is that I don't have a problem with income inequality because I understand that some people are more business savvy, some people are more effective at creating wealth, and I don't think that they should be punished or looked at in a bad way because they have acquired wealth. So when I look at income inequality, I look at it strictly from a purpose of paying taxes. No one likes to pay taxes, but I don't think that some millionaire or billionaire should pay less money in taxes than I do. And I don't understand why people who are not billionaires and millionaires, why they are so understanding of the plight of rich rich people and the taxations that they pay or or that they avoid paying so for example i've seen several people during various television interviews and people that i've worked with when asked about why they have the position that they have about the taxes and the wealthy paying that is if they don't have a problem with the wealthy not paying their fair share of taxes and some of the arguments in fact most of the arguments that i've heard was that if i'm rich if i become rich i don't want to be forced to pay extra taxes either but i question whether or not these people truly understand that they're probably not going to ever be rich the odds against them becoming millionaires or billionaires are extremely, extremely high. They will not most likely become wealthy enough to have that sentiment that, well, if I become wealthy, I don't want to have to pay th those extra taxes. Particularly someone who's 50 or 60 years old, chances are outside of hitting the lottery, and we all know, not all of us, but many people know the odds of hit winning the lottery so I just don't understand from that perspective how people can often, poor people can sympathize with wealthy people. But again, I don't have a problem with income inequality. I think it's gonna exist as long as we have capitalism, it's gonna exist. Even if we go back to an egalitarian society, it's gonna exist because some people are gonna save. Some people are gonna save their their goods or their products or their cattle. Some people are going to know how to, it's going to always exist in my opinion, income inequality. But I think from my perspective, people should pay taxes according to their income. Sure. And, and, and I guess just to clarify, to make sure that um, we kind of understand uh, your point. So when you say pay more or less, do you mean the nominal amount or do you mean percentage based on something like income etc so yes um, the nominal amount gotcha so so i would say that most times rich people do pay more taxes right from a actual amount of tax that they pay mm -hmm. but the rate compared to their income is normally fairly low right yes. so so that also yeah so, so so i would say that that if if the concern is around the the percentage, mm -hmm. right, um, as a percentage of income, right, right, yeah. versus, okay. So, like I pay 28%. Yeah. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not rich. I think I pay, I'm, I may even pay more than that. I don't know which, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure which bracket that I'm in, but I'm over $150,000 
in annual income, you know, in fact, I'm probably around $200,000 in annual income. So I don't think that I should pay the same percentage as someone who's $2 million in annual income. So that's just my, um, you know, and, and just as, just as I don't want to punish someone for being able to make that, for having the savvy and the prowess to be in a position to make that kind of money, I shouldn't be punished either because I'm not as savvy as that person or, or I'm not able to generate that kind of income. So I think it works, excuse me, both ways. So I guess, um, I guess in your general view, right, mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of points around, or I, I guess the key point is that um, you're generally a fan of the idea of a progressive tax system, i.e. the rate at which someone who's more wealthy, right, should be higher than uh, folks who have less money, um, which I think, generally speaking, the country, at least that's the system that we have now, right? And the country generally, I think, supports that. Although, as you noted, uh, there are quite a few people who would prefer something like a flat tax where everyone pays the same rate. And their general statement is that, you know, it's more fair if everyone pays the same rate. But um, I think we're actually on the same page when it comes to, um, you know, is that truly fair or not? Then when it comes to income inequality, um, I do think that I think about income inequality um, I guess from a question of um, impacts to society um, versus fairness. And I guess your point is, is that, you know, income inequality is going to happen. I don't have a problem with it. Um, but when it comes to, you know, who pays into the system, right, those who have won should pay a little bit more, right, um, as a percentage of, of uh, income there. But I do want to just talk about income inequality um, in itself. Um, in particular, I think um, one of the, you know, I do think there is incentives for the government to um, explicitly decrease income inequality. And this isn't a fairness argument. This is more of a economic argument. Um, when you when you end up with a society where you have very few people who own a significant portion of the wealth, um, at least within a closed economy, meaning, you know, within one country, one location, um, you don't have uh, enough consumers to support um, the continued wealth of the population, right? Um, especially in a free society where, you know, you don't have forced labor, et cetera. Um, and you, so, so, so I would, you know, uh, you know, I would make an argument that um, not only is there kind of the fairness question when you talk about income inequality and taxation, but I think income inequality, um, at least in its extremes, has a explicit detrimental impact to the economy, um, just from an economic standpoint. And then we think about a lot of the revolutions that, that have happened in Western countries and societies, and even in uh, other societies, a lot of that ends up being because of a significant accumulation of wealth um, within a particular class, uh, and then, you know, revolt, et cetera, right? So I, I guess, what I'm saying is, is on top of your argument of, let's say, tax fairness, um, I would say that there's probably also a, a um, maybe a social, um, from a, you know, do we want our government to still exist, as well as an economic argument for, um, you know, lower levels of income inequality, right? And I don't know if you necessarily agree with, 
agree with that sentiment, but but I do think there's um, you know there's there's value in uh, better equality of uh, incomes, um, better not uh, equal, right? Because uh, we obviously want incentives for people to grow, create businesses, uh, add value, etc., and people should be able to uh, reap uh, the rewards of that. But um, but but having a system that um, at a minimum allows people to be able to move up um, uh, easily based on their skills, etc., I think is essential to um, to a good system. Uh, I concur. I think from a from my perspective. I think that if we're going to, I think people need to be more engaged in these discussions when it comes to income, when it comes to their finances, and when it comes to their money. Because a lot of times people don't necessarily understand how they are impacted by what they're required to pay in their taxes. So they may hear a politician say that you the, the poor, the lower class or the middle class are being forced to pay the taxes of the wealthy and without going into details of how people can understand what it means to hear what it means for this politician to say that you're paying more in taxes than the wealthy. So if a person is informed and they understand the aspects of the income that they have to pay, the taxes that they have to pay, maybe they can um, make more informed voting decisions. Maybe they can better understand how the perception of income inequality affects them. And I think that I, I personally don't have a problem paying what is considered to be my fair share of taxes. I don't like to pay taxes, of course, depending on what it is. So I understand that taxes are a way that the government functions and it, we, we just can't avoid that. But I think that people need to be told all the different intricacies of the tax system and how it affects them. So once people realize how their money is being used and why they're being taxed and what it's and what it in the purpose of their taxation, I think they could probably feel differently about this whole idea about income inequality and the wealthy paying less than their fair share of taxes. And I guess, um, so kind of on a separate topic, um, how do you feel around, uh, you know, I guess paying taxes um, when the government has policies or programs that you don't support, right? So I think, um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, kind of the biggest areas of spending um, in the government currently are, um, you know, some of the safety net programs, i.e. Medicare, Medicaid, um, social security, um, as well as, um, I guess outside of that group, we also have a defense spending, right? These are, these are, um, by far the largest, uh, items that we have in the budget. What do you say when someone doesn't agree that we, for example, should be spending money on social security or should be spending money on healthcare, 
um, um, et cetera. I know, to, to be honest, a lot of the arguments tend to be on smaller line items, right? Things like, you know, welfare and food stamps, which are significantly smaller in the budget itself. But what are your views around, you know, folks not only, um, I guess, you know, being anti-tax because, you know, they have, I guess what you would categorize as a skewed view of what it means to, you know, have lower taxes for the rich, et cetera. But we currently don't collect enough taxes, right, to pay our bills, right? And, um, and you know, no one likes higher taxes. And a lot of folks, you know, not only don't, uh, you know, not only don't want higher rates for, you know, people who have more money, but they also don't want us as a whole to even pay the taxes to support the budget as it exists now, right? Because, for example, the tax plan we're talking about now is to collect less revenue, not more. Um, so, I like, like, what are your opinions around, I guess, that aspect of it? Of I don't agree with what the government does with my money, right? Um, and and therefore, you know, the idea of increased taxes is 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 or you know, taxes period is kind of a non-starter. I think it depends on the societal impact of what the money is being used for. For example, local taxes are collected from residents to fund schools and things of that nature. So if I don't have a child in school, I shouldn't have to pay taxes. That's That would be one argument. I don't feel that way because if I want society to continue to produce intelligent children, to continue innovation, to continue uh, uh, to, to, to reduce crime, and for these children to have uh, opportunities to compete in the global economy and global workforce, then I have to understand that paying taxes to fund this idea or to fund this to, 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 to fund the next generation of children to be competitive, I think is something that, you know, should, that I would have to swallow, something that I would have to be on board with. It's sort of like with the defense budget. Do I want to be safe from terror threats? Do I want to be safe from people who would do the country harm? And the question is yes. So that comes at a price of paying more taxes. When, when we want to be safe as a nation, when we want roads, we want sanitation, we want police, we want schools, all of these government entities or these government activities need to be funded through our tax dollars. So I think that if I'm going to live in this society, and I'm speaking from my perspective. I'm, if I'm going to live in this society, then I understand that my taxes are going to have to go to fund policies that don't directly affect me. If we want to compete in the global economy, if we want to keep our nation's sovereignty and not rely so heavily on the tech or the products of other countries, and we wanna remain a superpower, then I understand that our tax dollars are going to need, are, are gonna have to be spent in order to achieve all of those different goals 
that I just laid forth. So, so the, I mean, some some people may argue that the the things that you're speaking about, a lot of it outside of the defense, is state, right, and not federal, right, right. So we talk about you know education. Um, I forgot some of the other items uh, you mentioned, but it did sound as though that a lot of that, um, you know, let's say, are the same folks who normally argue for lower taxes, et cetera, et cetera, also tend to, you know, fly the flag of, you know, states' rights, you know, I'm comfortable with the state doing it and not the federal government. So what would you say that, you know, a lot of the items that, um, you know, that the federal government spends on, you know, they don't, uh, the education spending isn't that large. A lot of that goes to colleges and universities, et cetera. Um, I guess they do pay for research. But once again, from a budgetary standpoint, very small, right? You know, it's really things like, you know, the Medicare, the Medicaid, um, and, and I guess a defense spending, which it sounds like that you are supporting that front. What about those types of items um, where, um, you know, do you feel as though that you're as comfortable with the federal spending, I guess, as you are with the state spending, because those line items are, are slightly different, I guess. Yes, um, I, I don't feel that I'm necessarily comfortable with any of the spending. It's a matter of whether or not I could accept it, which of course I have no choice but to accept it. But I think that a lot of times people want to have, states want to have their individual rights, I agree. But if you want to keep your individual rights, then you should not go to the federal government for assistance for any reason if you want to be considered an independent state. You know, so if you're running low on your tax dollars for for, edu for funding your schools, then you shouldn't appeal to the federal government for money if you want to remain, uh, if you want to keep the federal government out of your state, then don't accept the dollars from the federal government. But I think that Medicare and Medicaid is important because a lot of times it's difficult to understand the contributions that people have made to society when they're no longer in society. So if you see, from my perspective, if I see a person who's retired and they're sitting down on a park bench somewhere, oftentimes it can, uh, it, you can lose sight as to the contributions that these people made. A lot of these people were born or living the baby boomers, for example, during the war, during World War II, where their parents made the sacrifices to, to fight for the nation. Uh, a lot of these people are children of um, you know, hardworking people who built up the, the, the nation's infrastructure, infrastructure, factories, and so on and so forth. And they have contributed a great deal to society, and as such, it should be expected that they are taken care of for what they contributed to society. So I think we shouldn't lose sight of things of that nature when it comes to social security. Now, someone would debate that it's not fair. It's a Ponzi scheme. You're robbing Peter to pay Paul. All those things, you know, people would debate and there are valid points to all of them. But again, what, what are we gonna do? Are we ever gonna uh, have a consensus moment where we agree on everything, I'm not sure. So, so from your statement, it sounds like you have a strong moral argument for things like Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, etc. 
Um, and although I generally start um, from the viewpoint where when we think about the federal government, my general stance is uh, that the explicit role of the government are things like a defense, right? Um, maintaining contracts, things like that, which, you know, may be, I guess, fairly I guess, libertarian-esque, right? But I also believe that the federal government has a responsibility to solve problems um, for our people, right? And I, and I put things like Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, you know, education, all those things kind of in that bucket. Um, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, there's arguments around if this is overreach or not. I think that's generally settled, but some people may not agree. Um, and the way I think about Medicare and Medicaid, I guess, um, is like you're saying, one, the more argument, right? Um, you know, do we want to take care of people who have, you know, been here, you know, contributed to society, etc. But I also think there's a strong economic one as well. So independent of whether or not we think we have a moral responsibility to, you know, help our, um, our poor or help our elderly, um, we've definitely seen that before these programs existed, you know, very high rates of poverty amongst our uh, old people, etc., was a drag on the economy, right? And, and, uh, and you know, folks would generally argue that um, you don't need the government to tell someone to save over their lifetime, right? Because in a perfect world, people would save the money that they need for all their health care at their old age, and you don't need anyone to take tax money in in order to pay, pay for them. But it's very clear that as humans, we don't do it, right? Um, and, and by essentially having the government step in to um, help optimize society, right, um, for the, what I would argue, the benefit of all, not just the benefit of those people who receive those uh, services, similar to your education argument, um, I think that's also a positive argument for social uh, programs, etc. And for me, um, the types of debates that, that at least appeal to me when we talk about Medicare, Medicaid, etc., is efficiency, effectiveness, um, things like that, um, assuming that we're comfortable with the I guess the uh, kind of the first step of do we want the federal government participating in this field at all, right? So, so I I agree I guess with the with the moral piece of it, but I do think morality is kind of um, something you can't necessarily say is a given. But but I think you can uh, you can also make an economic argument that um, it benefits society overall, and it seems like it's more aligned with our general moral uh, d disposition as well. Yes, I <coughs> excuse. Me. I, would, I concur. I, I believe that if we're going to play the moral card, which we often do as a nation, that morality and charity begins at home. So if we're going to, if, we're, if we want to be seen as the moral authority throughout the world, then I think that we have to start by showing strong morality at home. And I think that it's true, people should understand that they have to have some kind of savings in order, a nest egg, if you will, in order to save for their later years in life. But some people would argue that I pay too much money in taxes. I can't afford to save money. I'm trying to get a student loan. Right now I have a low paying job. Where's the manufacturing jobs that are gonna allow me to get into the middle class? I, it's, I, I can't afford to save any money when I have a minimum wage job 
because wages are being suppressed by the government or wages are being driven down by immigration. So I think people, when you ask them to save money, it sounds great. Every I think that most people would want to save money because most people have pride. They go to work and they are proud people, many people, and they would like to save enough money to, to live in the future. They, they would like to have a nice, comfortable nest egg. But for most people, that's just not a reality because there are no manufacturing jobs to get them in the middle class. College is not for everyone. Some people don't want to go to school because they've done it for for 12 years of their lives. So, you know, there's many different reasons. Why. Thanks again, guys, for listening to the uh, podcast episode. Um, I just wanted to share with you some of the responses I received. Um, a lot of what you hear is uh, a conversation between me and my dad just speaking about, um, I guess, you know, some of the things that came to mind um, after you listened to the po- po- podcast there. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, one wanted to first say thank you. I appreciate you uh, providing some uh, commentary there. Is there anything you want to end with before we close everything down? Yes, I'd just like to say that I think when we discuss matters of policy and matters of taxation and things of that nature, that more people need to somehow be engaged in these discussions because it affects every taxpaying citizen in this country when we just had this discussion, based on this, this discussion. And I think tax, t- taxes, the, the policies, politics and all that stuff, I think should never be taken out of the schools. And I don't want to get political here, but I think that we have to have a base, a starting point for people to get involved in politics or or at least to understand politics and how it affects them. So I think that if we can do that, get people more engaged and to get people to understand how the tax system works on a state and federal level then I think the, consu- the, the the citizenry can be more informed and more involved and uh, make better voting decisions based on what politicians are running their platform on. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And uh, and the jingle bells you heard in the background was uh, our dark uh, marshmallow. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. <laughs>